Welcome to the second part of the pilot episode on Colavari Walk series. This series is focused on exploring the world of work. In the first part, we actually talked about some beliefs behind, you know, the practices in the workplace that are not true, um, like the fact that employees are fundamentally lazy, there is an ideal worker, or that the average worker is inferior to his supervisor, and a lot more. If you want to know more about that, you can listen to the first part. But in this part, Aziz would actually start off start us off with giving us some examples. Hello, Zika. Hi. Okay, I, I mean, I'll look at one example each, one that looks at um, one of the false ideas, and it's an, an example that looks at a practice that started in industrial age. Okay. Okay, so... So let's look at the issue of remote work or hybrid work versus on-site work. There is an ongoing tension between employees and their managers regarding remote work or hybrid work that can be traced back to one of the false ideas propagated in, 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 in the industrial era. Microsoft recently released the result of, one of, the, of a survey they did on remote work and they found out that about 85% of managers worried they can't tell if their employees are getting enough work done. Meanwhile, 87% of employees say that they are productive and they are doing just fine. So leaders on one hand think that their employees are not productive. Employees on the other hand think that they have been productive and in many cases even burn out. Wow. Do you know why? One of the beliefs behind the workplace of the industrial era was that the worker was fundamentally lazy and required supervision and incentives to work. Mm. That's what's playing out here. It's not about remote work or physical work. These managers deep down do not believe that their team members are capable of leading themselves. Just to let you know why I think so. Some companies have even gone, they are moving towards online surveillance of their employees. <laughs> Different practice, same belief. Yeah. So we have to address these beliefs. They won't go away just by changing the practices. The issue here is the belief that the workers, that workers are fundamentally lazy and are incapable of self-supervision. It's there. It's a belief in, that was ingrained into the workplace of the industrial era. And we have inherited that belief. I see why in the first part, when I, when I was um, saying my summary, you had to put in the belief part because yeah. I only mentioned the practice. Exactly. Because with the example you gave, yes, different practice. They are working from home. But the same, same belief. Because now you, you want to be checking on them exactly. if they're really working. Yeah. And um, wow, that, that's, that's, um, that's serious. So please, let's look at another one. Second one, let's look at the issue of the work week. Um, what is acceptable today as best practice? We'll look at the issue of best practice later. I mean, I, I have an issue with that, with that term, best practice. <laughs> but what is accept, acceptable today as best practice is a five-day work week. Yeah. 40 hours in a week. Yeah. Okay? Sure. Now, in the industrial era, workers worked almost every day for long hours. 
people started complaining about that. Some companies like Ford Motors moved to a five-day work week. Eventually, in 1940, the U.S. government amended the Fair Labor Standards Act to what we have today, which is 40 a 40 hours, hours per week, five-day work week. Since then, it has become universally accepted as best practice. Now, this is my view. This concept of work that we have today was a creation of man. So it can always be recreated. Exactly. That's my view. <laughs> it's not as if when God created man, he also created a five-day work week. You see, you understand? That's what it seems like, actually. No, it, that's not, you understand? Man adopted a five-day work week because at that time, it made sense. Mm. If conditions have changed, then nothing stops companies from adopting new practices. Mm. i use an example. I live in Lagos, and so do you, Zika. Mm. Now, for most residents of Lagos, the average commute time to and through work, I would say maybe three to four hours daily. On a good day. Daily. <laughs> so that, we are talking about 15 to 20 hours in a week in traffic. Hmm. It doesn't require rocket science to know that some form of hybrid work or fewer work days to minimize this stress will be good for the well-being of employees in Lagos. Yeah. That's my view. Very true. Yeah. Neither am I saying there's anything wrong with the five day work week. Yeah, exactly. What I'm saying is that it shouldn't be a shouldn't be a universal law for everybody. Yes. If you live in a city like Lagos where the traffic is crazy. It's only reasonable. Exactly. Yeah. To consider I'll give an example. Um the company that I used to work for, our office was in Apapa. You know Apapa Apapa is crazy. Traffic is crazy. Mm -hmm. Now the normal work day is 8 to 5. But we had to adjust our work day to 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. I mean, because because of yeah. where our office, our, our office was at that time, it made sense. Mm. We not only did that, we also had... we also This was in 2017. This was pre-COVID. We also gave employees the opportunity of working one day weekly from home. No, no, we said you one day you could work from anywhere outside of the office. I mean, that would work. That would even make me want to be more productive as, Ex- exactly, as an employee. Exactly, mm. yeah. Mm. Thank you. So now let's go back to um, <laughs> best practices. Yeah. It seems like you have you have an issue with that word or that term. Yes, I do. I have an issue with the term best practice. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. The problem I have with best practice is generalization. Mm. By this, I mean that common properties of specific instances are formulated as general concepts. Mm. And that's not always true. What works best in one context does not mean it will work in a different context. context, Now, so back to the five-day work week. A five-day work week certainly does not look like best practice anymore because of the stress of moving around in a city like Lagos compared to some cities in the U.S. or in Europe. Now, I think a five-day work week in Lagos without some form of hybrid option has turned into a detrimental practice, not a best practice. Mm. (laughs) Very true, actually. (laughs) 
And I, I mean, I will share some notable quotes um, about best practices for some people. The late C.K. Prahalan, the co-author of Competing for the Future, once said, best practices lead to agreement on mediocrity. Mm. Because all of us benchmark each other, we gravitate towards mediocrity in a hurry. Mm. Scott Ambler said, he challenges the assumption that there can be a recommended practice that is best in all cases. This is the issue of generalization. Yeah. Instead, he offers an alternative view, contextual practice, in which the notion of what is best will vary with the context. And that is my view as well. So why do bad best practices thrive? An interesting question. I, I, will, I would reference a TEDx talk that I watched um, titled Corporate Viruses and Bad Management Practices by a professor at London Business School. I hope I pronounced his name well. Freak Vermullen. And he gave three reasons why bad management practices thrive over a long period. The first reason is that the offer short-term benefits is the truth they offer short-term benefits and i'll use an example um let's look at the issue of downsizing or layoff it's become a management practice if you are having financial issues as a company the first thing to do is to reduce your staff strength it makes sense in the short term it does you take away your the 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 opex from your employees you know you take it away and you have more money the workload that is left distributed among the, the remaining left. employees. Mm. So it has short-term benefits. Okay? So that's one. Secondly, there is difficulty in understanding the relationship between cost and effect. In terms, in terms of the harm that those practices cause in the long run. So people are unable to appropriate the fact that some of the challenges that they, are, that they are having now could be linked to some of those practices that they implemented years ago. So let's take this issue of downsizing. Now, there is research, not just from, from several people that have shown that there are long-term consequences of downsizing. Yeah, 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 there's research on that. There was one that was done by researchers at Stockholm University and the University of Canterbury, they found out that after a layoff, survivors at the companies experienced a 41% decline in job satisfaction. Now, over a period, that decline in job satisfaction will do harm to that company. But it won't happen immediately. It yeah. happens over a long time. Mm. So because of that lack of clarity in relating the, the effect to an implementation of a bad best practice. So people do not know that those practices are what's causing their problem. And they continue with those best practices. Three, these practices are easy to implement. And therefore, they spread like wildfire. I mean, so the, to implement layoff on the size is not rocket science. It's very easy. <laughs> yeah. If you are experiencing um, uh, cash yeah, issues at the company, fire... 15 employees, I mean, it's very easy to implement. 
So these are some of the reasons why some of these bad practices, even though they are bad, even though there is research to show that they are bad, people are still implementing them. And I'll use an example. This is just perfect. Now, there was a company, I won't mention the name of the company, but I mean, if you follow news and trends, you you know the name of the company. There was a company in the 80s and 90s they were the darling of Wall, of Wall Street. They were a Fortune 500 company. Quarter after quarter, year after year, delivered profit, returns for their shareholders. They were led by a charismatic CEO. He was revered internationally. But he had some questionable practices, especially people practices. For example, they pioneered the practice of annually Firing 10% of their employees with the lowest ratings. Every year, 10% of their employees were fired. Some of these practices were seen as best practices and other companies started implementing them. Today, it's obvious that some of those practices were destructive. It took less than 20 years for, the, for this company to self-destruct after that CEO left. This company was kicked out of the Dow Jones Industrial Average in 2018. The Dow Jones Industrial Average captures the top companies in in America. Because of how bad they were performing, they had to leave the Dow Dow Jones Industrial Average. This was a company that at one time was the most valuable company in the world. So while those practices increased profits in the short term, the long-term consequences were disastrous for the workers, for the investors, and for the company itself. Today, that company no longer exists as a single company. They had to split it into three companies, three different companies to survive after years of continuous losses. I feel really sad for the company. I wish they listened to this podcast before. <laughs> before that happened. But I think this is something we can learn from. Wow. This um, particular part is packed full. I think we should stop here and um, keep the rest for other episodes. Yeah. Um, Aziz has mentioned, has talked about a lot of things. But I think the summary for me is, um, like we said in the first part, there are a lot of practices that have become best practices that you know come from come from in the industrial age and um, are no longer relevant now so i think i'll just say instead of best practices like um, scott ambler said let us adopt contextual practices that way we can you know it's, it's easier to to predict productivity and um sorry that way it's easier to predict productivity and growth in the workplace do you have any final words yeah there's a mental of of mind that says the difference between fake and original is time (laughs) true Mm. That is so true. Yeah. This CEO that I referenced in this company, he was 
voted the manager of the century by a magazine years ago. Wow. Today, his reputation is questionable. Mm. The difference is time. Mm. And, and, and that's why bad management practices thrive. So my advice for companies and CEOs and managers, just because a management practice is being implemented by a so-called big company, company. does not mean that that is the right thing to do. Mm. Subject whatever practice to some rigor that you want to implement. Ask questions. If it does not work for you, do not implement. Do not implement just because somebody else is is doing it Mm. or it's because it's working for somebody else. You might not be aware of the long-term consequences. And then what seems to be best, the best practice will become destructive. Practice. Or like I said, it becomes a detrimental, detrimental practice. practice. Rather than the best practice. Mm, I think you've given us food for thoughts. <laughs> That's Thank the objective of, 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 of this uh, podcast series. Thank you very much. Um, we look forward to you know more of this in the coming episodes of the Colavari Walk series. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend. Like I mentioned earlier, you don't have to be just a CEO or a manager to listen to this. You can be an entrepreneur, even an employee. Listen to this and, you know, make changes and make impact around you. Thank you again, Aziz. Thank you, Zika. We'll be rounding off at this point. This podcast is edited and produced by Joshua Praise. The soundtrack is an original music by Jaster Christos. And the poster is designed by Joseph Okafor and Faithful Larry. Continue to have a productive and creative week.